Hi everyone, Richard Tubb here with episode 7 of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about networking, or specifically uh, the part of networking that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with, and that is how to describe themselves and describe their business to other people. I'm talking to Alan Matthews, who is a professional speaker and trainer who works with companies to help them to effectively communicate who they work with and what they do to other people. Now, you might think this is a fairly simple topic. Everyone knows what they do, uh, but actually getting that message across to other people, a little bit more difficult than it might sound. And in this episode, Alan helps us to create, to craft a really good elevator pitch, 30-second commercial, really the message that should be at the heart of all of your marketing, whatever it might be. And on a personal level, I'm thrilled that Alan is a guest. Uh, Alan's actually been my business coach for a number of years now. And when I tell people that I've got a business coach, people sometimes are quite surprised. Well, you're a coach yourself, Richard. You work with the owners of IT businesses. Why do you need a coach? Well, I've always had a business coach. I've always had mentors. And Alan provides great insight into my business, really another voice in the room, a sanity check at times, somebody to bounce ideas off. And I find his insights and experience absolutely invaluable. Alan's actually one of a number of coaches that I have. Uh, and as I said, throughout my career, throughout my life, I've actually had uh, been blessed with a number of really good coaches and mentors. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone in any stage of business, however far along the business journey you are, you've always got things to learn and having a business coach or a mentor around is hugely important from that perspective. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alan where we talk specifically about effectively communicating who you are and what your business does to others and stay tuned all the way until the end of the podcast because Alan's actually got a really cool uh, special offer to share with listeners. Uh, There's a download there that you can grab later on. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi there everyone, Richard Tubb here with another interview and I'm joined today by Alan Matthews who is a professional speaker who works with trainers and presenters to help them communicate better. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Alan? I'm fine, thanks Richard. Cool. Thanks for asking me to do this. It's yeah, cool. no, well, th- uh, thank you for, uh, for taking the time to join me today. So I've just explained a little bit about what you do. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, for anybody who's not come across you before, could you uh, uh, talk about the type of work that you do on a day-to-day basis? Yes, well, as you said, I help people communicate more effectively, really. I'm, uh, if you like, a presentation skills public speaking coach. Um, I work with organisations or I work one-to-one with people who want to speak more confidently and have more impact. So I work a lot with trainers in organisations who want their training workshops to be more effective. I work with people who who deliver presentations as part of their work, Um, particularly professional people, um, subject experts, technical people who need to try and transfer their knowledge to other people in a way that they can understand and remember. And I also work with um, business owners who want to have more impact, particularly when they go out networking and talking about their business. And it's networking we're actually going to uh, yeah. cover today. So a lot of people who are going to be watching the video um, um, hear me talk about the importance of networking mm. and saying you can be the best IT company in the world if nobody knows about you and yeah. what use is that. And networking <laughs> is a great way to get out there and meet people. Um, but of course, there's a, a common uh, theme or a common fear when people go along to networking mm. events is how do I describe what I do effectively? Now, um, I've heard people refer to it as an elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, BNI might refer to it as a 30-second commercial. Um, But basically, that introduction, how do people cater 
a strong introduction. Um, what does that look like? Uh, well, yes, personally, I don't like the term elevator pitch. Right. Um, it's a very common one, but uh, I think it gives people the wrong impression about what they're trying to do at networking events. And I've, I've been to a lot of those, I've, I've done a lot myself, and I've listened to a lot of 30-second uh, and 60-second pitches, if you like. And I think one of, the, one of the mistakes is thinking of it as a pitch. The idea of an elevator pitch, it was supposed to have originated back in the old Hollywood days. The idea is like a screenwriter, somebody would be in a, a, a lift with a, a producer and they'd take the opportunity to pitch an idea for a film in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, however long it took before the producer left the lift. And I think that's a mistaken view, really, of what you're trying to do at networking events, and that leads to some of the awful 60-second talks that I've heard, because it's not really a pitch. Um, it's a mistake to think that it's something like you know, Dragon's Den, where you've got 60 seconds to stand up, and if you just get the wording absolutely right, somebody will invest. Mm. They, they'll come and offer you money and say, oh, yes, come and work with us. And as you know, networking really is more of a long-term thing, building relationships with people. So you should think about this, I think of it as a, like a mini marketing message. It's a short way of talking about who you work with and how you help people. But the focus should always be much more on the, the client, the customer that you're looking to work with, what their problems are, and how you will help them feel better. It shouldn't all be talking about yourself, which is the main problem that I find with a lot of these pitches. So it's not so much a pitch, it's more, just, it's more getting to know people and letting them find out more about how you help them. So let's touch upon bad elevator pitches yes. or yeah. bad 30 second commercial, bad introductions. So uh, the majority of IT companies that I speak to, when I say, um, hi, nice to meet you, what is it you do? And they say, oh, we do IT support for mm. whatever it is in their local yes. area. Why is that a, a, a not a, an ideal elevator pitch? Uh, well, it. In a way, it tells you everything and nothing. Um, <laughs> a lot of people use their label. If somebody says, what do you do? They'll say, oh, I'm in IT support, or I'm, I'm an accountant, or an estate agent, solicitor, whatever. And as I say, it sort of tells them everything and nothing. In a sense, it tells them everything, because they think, oh, IT support, yeah, I, I probably know what you do, and they don't need to ask you anymore. Mm. Actually, it tells them nothing about what you do. It doesn't tell them anything that's gonna really hook them and make them say, oh, tell me a bit more about that, which is your aim, really. Your aim is to get people's curiosity so they think, oh, I want to find out a bit more about what that is. And also, uh, this is the thing that uh, the trouble with most business owners, if you give them, let's say, 60 seconds to talk about their business, is they will spend 60 seconds talking about their business yeah, <laughs> and yeah. not talking about the, the customers and the clients. Mm. So they'll say, you know, I've, I, we run an IT support service, we've been in business for 10 years and it's called you know, IT Support Limited and my name's Richard and we're based just down the road in Kings Heath. And they spend 30 seconds of the 60 seconds saying things that nobody is the least bit interested yeah, in. Yeah, people have almost turned off by that yeah, stage. Yeah, because you say, well, I don't care. I could read that off a card. Mm. What do you do? How do you help me? Because if you're doing one of these 30-second, 60-second talks at networking events, you're talking to one of two groups of people. You're either talking to directly to potential clients who might want to hire you, or more likely, you're talking to people who could refer business to you. Yeah. But to do that, they need to be clear, who do you work with what problems do you solve? 
so that if they know somebody who's got that problem, they can think, ah, oh, Richard's your man for that. But if they just say, Richard, oh, he does IT support, they don't really know exactly who you help or what you help with. They just vaguely know it's something to do with IT, which could be a whole range of different things. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I've been uh, in the situation where I've been in a, a room quite often full of IT business mm -hmm. owners. And, and you know, it, uh, people who know me for a long time will know it makes my blood boil. <laughs> and sometimes I've spoken up in the room because mm. um, when we've done a round the table introduction, uh, gone, I'm so-and-so from Manchester and I do IT support. And the next person along has gone, I'm so-and-so from um, Birmingham and we do the same as what they yes, do. And then the and he goes around it, <laughs> and everyone in the room what the point of that? Yeah, yes. there's absolutely no point to it. So um, why is it so important to differentiate yourself in that way, to make yourself stand out? What effect does that have on the people that, that are listening? Well, you know, if you, if you sat through some of these things, and I've been to meetings where there have been 20 or 30 people, and um, you know, you're know, you the 12th person or the 15th person in that list, everybody else is switched off by yeah. then, because you know that half the group are just sitting there waiting for their turn anyway, and they're just trying to think what they're going to say. The other half have had their turn and they're just thinking, oh, thank goodness, that's over. <laughs> and nobody's actually paying attention to you because, of course, the, if you like, the elephant in the room about networking events is that nobody goes to listen to you talking about your business. Yeah. They go to talk about their business. It's the same reason you're there. So you've got to come up with something that gets people's attention and isn't what they expect. So... So talking about um, problems, the pain that your clients might have helps to get people's attention. It also differentiates you from the 20 other people who aren't going to do that. They're going to give you their name and the name of their business and where they are and how many offices they've got and all the other stuff that everybody does. So you need to find something different. And there's lots of different ways you can do that. But the main thing, as I say, is focus on the pain. What do you help people do? Essentially, people will give you money if they're in pain and you say, I can make you feel better. That's why people pay money across. So IT consultants or people in IT support, whatever it is they do, need to work out what's the pain that they help people with. And I know from speaking to several of them, they find it very hard to actually even understand what that is. Yes, indeed. And this is much more fundamental, isn't it? I know we're talking about elevator uh, mm. pitches here, or however yes. we want to refer to them as, um, but it's much more fundamental, isn't it? Because it, is. it goes to, I'm thinking, um, IT companies, when I look at their About Us page. Oh, absolutely, it, yes. It actually, yeah. it shouldn't be about you. It should yeah. be about yeah. whoever's reading. It's the it, essence know. of your marketing, basically. And, and I've worked one-to-one -one with, with some people to help them develop a, a clear marketing message. And... It's back to very basic questions. Who's your target market? Who do you help? What problems have they got? What pain are they suffering at the moment? What's happening on a day-to-day -day basis that they're the sort of symptoms that they need your help? So, for example, with IT, it might be that people are, you know, somebody has to, they switch their computer on and then they go away and make a cup of tea and a sandwich or something while the computer's booting up because yeah. it's, it's so overloaded, it takes forever. Or they're on the phone to a, a client and they're having to apologise and say, oh, I'm sorry to keep you hanging on, but the system's so slow. Those are the, what I call the symptoms. Those are the things that are causing people problems that you need to tap into. And those are things you need to refer to so that people go, oh, yes, that, that's what happens to me. You're right. Yes, that's... So you, it shows that you understand the position that your, your client's in. But 
that isn't just about this, uh, the pitch at the, the networking event, that's everything to do yeah. with your marketing. If you can get this message right, that goes on your website, it goes on your LinkedIn profile, it goes on your Facebook page, anywhere that you talk about yourself and what you do, that's where this message comes across. It's essential to all the marketing that you do, really. Yeah. Is it okay for that wording, for that elevator pitch, um, for, uh, for whatever it, however you might use it, to sound a bit salesy? It's preferable if it doesn't, mm. and I don't think it needs to, because I think what you need to do is talk about everyday situations. I'm a great fan of using questions in marketing. So, again, if I was speaking at a networking event, I would say something like, um, you know, when you come to a networking event, do you feel confident and relaxed about standing up and speaking for 60 seconds at that event, knowing that most people don't? Um, or I would say, oh, do you feel anxious about it? Do you keep changing your mind about what your message is going to be? Do you try different things, but really you're, you're frustrated because nothing seems to work? So you spend a lot of time going to networking events, but you're actually not seeing any results. So you start to wonder, you know, is it worth the time and effort I put into this? So I, I ask those sorts of questions, and what I'm doing is I'm not talking about me at all. I'm talking about how my potential client is feeling. Because if I get that right, which means that I understand my client and what their problems are, people will go, that, that's exactly how I feel. And I've had people say that sometimes. They said, how did you, how did you know that? It's like you read my mind. <laughs> well, yes, I did, because I understand the people that I work with. Yeah. But it's that, it's that focus on the other person. And it's not about you at all. Nobody cares about you until they realize that there's a problem that you can solve and then they want to know more about you. Yes. But not until they've reached that stage. Yeah. So using emotive words um, is a good way to connect. Yes. It? So rather than being salesy, talk about everyday things and use emotions because that's why people pay you money. So say things like, uh, you know, are you struggling with this? Are you frustrated by these things happening, not just do these things happen, but how do you feel about it? You know, struggling, frustrated, tired, overwhelmed by all the things you've got to deal with, because that's what people carry with them. When they go to a networking event, they're sitting at a networking breakfast and most of their mind is on all the stuff they've got to deal with when they get back. Yeah. And that's what they're frustrated and overwhelmed about. And if you tap into that, they will go, that's exactly how I feel at the moment. I need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. It's like a doctor saying to you, you know, do you get some regular headaches on this side of your head? Like, the more specific you can be, you go, I, I do. That's exactly what I'm like. What can you give me that will make that better? Yeah. And then you've got people's attention. Yeah, it's disruptive as well, isn't it? Because as you say, at networking events, um, for those of us who are perhaps not as comfortable standing up and speaking in front of others or you're dreading that moment when it comes around, mm. you don't tend to listen to the 10 people before you no. unless yeah. they say something and it sparks you, it disrupts Absolute, you. Um, yeah, what you're doing, you're interrupting the conversation that they've already got going on in their head. Yes. And that conversation is distracting them from your message unless your message taps into it. Because you're basically saying, are you thinking this? <laughs> and they go, yes, I am. How did you know that? Well, it's just it's like my superpower. But it's because you understand your clients and your customers. And one of the things I found with working with business owners is that they haven't yet put enough thought. Even some of them have been in business for a long, long time, but they haven't yet worked out what is the pain that causes your customers to come and actually pay you money yes. and sort things out for them. They really 
aren't sure why people work with them. You've got to work that out. And that's one of the things I do work through with people. If I work with them to help them you know, put this message across, the first thing I'll do is actually ask them these detailed questions to work out what that message is. Because it's not just a question of how you put it across. A lot of business owners aren't even sure what their message is yet. Mm -hmm. They don't know who their target market is. They don't know why people choose them and not somebody else. And it's, it's all the fundamentals, isn't it? Of You'd think you know, when people have been in business for quite a long time, they'd have sorted these things out, but they haven't. <laughs> no, not so much. Well, I'm, I'm sure of my target market is the owners of IT businesses, a lot of which should be watching today. The IT industry uh, tends to have a lot of lingo, a lot mm -hmm. of buzzwords. So we've talked about emotive words, but what about using uh, buzzwords uh, mm. within your elevator pitch? Should we be thinking outside the box? Should we synergize on the side? <laughs> I think you've answered your own question. <laughs> I mean, uh, jargon is one of these things. Jargon's like a private language that you can use. I mean, if you're in the IT industry, you'll have your own jargon like everybody else has. And if you're at a conference with IT people, you can use the jargon, and it makes you like one of them. They understand, as, oh, yes, you don't need to spell that out. We know what you mean. But, of course, most of your marketing is aimed at people who aren't part of your industry so they don't understand what you're talking about yeah so i i would suggest you avoid the jargon avoid all the buzzwords if possible and try and make it just as natural as it can be get back to the fact that basically it's just like one human being trying to communicate with other human beings um don't think oh i've got you know i'm an it professional or something so i've got to use all the it buzzwords to make it sound as if i really know what i'm doing all you'll do is confuse other people who have no idea what you're talking about. And of course, IT has a particularly sort of bad um, <laughs> reputation in this regard. So again, one way to differentiate yourself is to talk in layman's terms and say, look, I know how you feel. I'm not going to use a load of jargon. I mean, an example of that, again, is that uh, one mistake a lot of business owners make is they talk about their processes too much because as business owners, we love our own businesses. Yes. And we think everybody else is as fascinated as we are. Um, but particularly in things like IT, we think, oh, we use all this equipment and technology and these processes and things. Again, if, nobody really cares. I mean, if I take my car into the service station up the road, I don't want them to say, and these are all the tools we're going to use to look at your car and diagnose it. I don't care. Um, how much is it going to cost? Will you fix it? Fine. That's okay. And do I vaguely like the people who work there? I don't want to know the jargon or the tools and the technology they're using, I'm not interested in it. So I would try and keep all that out and keep yeah. it as simple and straightforward as possible. Yeah, yeah. What about length of um, elevator pitches? Or um, we've, I talked about 30 second commercial yes. and 60 yeah. second commercial is another one. Um, does it have to be a set length or what does it look like? Well, it depends. Some of the networking events you go to, they have a set thing. Mm. And so you can stand up and speak. And actually, I see that as an opportunity. I like that, but then I'm a public speaker, <laughs> but, uh, so I would. Um, but it's an opportunity to speak to the whole room. But, of course, sometimes people just come up and say, they're just chatting, and they say, what do you do? And then, of course, there's no limit to how long, except how long the other person <laughs> remains <laughs> conscious while you're explaining and wishing that they hadn't asked that question. So, but again, that's got to be fairly snappy. And I, again, I would, I would try and again focus on, oh, oh, I help people who are struggling with this problem. I wouldn't say, oh, I'm in IT support, because they're not likely to ask you anything else after that. It's a label, isn't it? We touched upon this earlier yeah. in the conversation. And that sort of yeah. closes the conversation off. This is what I do. 
fine, thanks, we'll move on to talk about something else. Yes, yes. I mean, I found it myself in, in my own personal business where um, lots of people refer to me as a business coach because mm. uh, it's a label, it yes. enables people. But whenever I'm introducing myself to someone, um, I tend to shy away from using that word because mm. people have got preconceptions over yes. what it is yeah. you do. They think they know what you do. Yeah. And actually, they probably don't. Yeah. So, um, getting back to the elevator pitch mm. then, um, how do you feel about asking questions in your elevator pitch? Oh, so I, I'm a big fan of questions in marketing generally, and certainly in an elevator pitch, because not many people do it. And it's back to what we said earlier about tapping into the conversation people are having, of saying, do you feel like this? Are you struggling with this problem? Is this what's happening to you at the moment? And people are programmed to answer questions in their head. Obviously, these are rhetorical questions. You don't want people <laughs> shouting answers out. But uh, if you ask them a question, people automatically go, oh, yes, I am. I am doing that. And so it's a great way of getting people's attention. And I, I would do that. I would do that with my marketing generally. You know, on a website, for instance, I would ask some questions. Because one of the things you're doing, you're sort of qualifying people. You're sort of saying, answer these questions. If this is you, we need to have a conversation. So it's part of that getting people's attention. So I'm a great fan of asking those sorts of questions, as long as they're, they're real questions. But again, yeah. think who your ideal client would be, what are the problems they're suffering, and just write a little list and just turn that into a question. Yeah. Are you suffering with this problem? And the other thing about if you go regularly to networking events, a question people sometimes have is, if I do a 30-second or 60-second uh, pitch, let's call it that, do I do the same thing every time or do I change it? And often people change it just because they're, they're not sure what to say. But I have heard people who do the same one every time. In fact, I went to, I went to a networking event not so long ago, um, and several of the people there had a little jingle that they finished off with after the, like a, a rhyming couplet at the end of their thing. And they'd obviously done it so often, everybody else joined in when they said, <laughs> so come to you, and everybody joined in. And the, the, the good thing, I suppose, is that everybody knows what it is. The bad thing is it probably ceases to have any impact. Yeah. So I would say have some different ones ready that gradually build up a picture. And if you're going to use questions, for instance, have some different questions. So just have one for one event and say, are you suffering with this problem? And then maybe at the next one, say another typical problem that people would suffer with. But don't try and get too much into one. Yeah, makes sense. And we touched upon this earlier, but when you talk about the, um, in your elevator pitch, the type of people that you work with mm -hmm. to give them an instant sort of image of, um, um, of your, type of customers that you prefer working with. Um, niching is good, right? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. What would you say to, um, uh, and a lot of the viewers of this video or listeners to the podcast are going to say, well, I, we work with uh, business, small businesses, we do IT support. Yes. It's quite a broad uh, niche. Yeah, it's a range of things. And yeah. I think, uh, Alan, people tend to be scared about um, being too niche because then they think, oh, well, I'll miss out on all the potential yes. business with all the others. Yeah. What would you have to say to people? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something I'm sure we all struggle with over time <laughs> with our marketing message again. This idea that you you focus and that sort of laser focus will will get people's attention and, and that's absolutely true but of course you do have this worry of oh well maybe I'm missing some of the other people but the problem is if you try and um, aim too broadly you have this sort of scattergun approach yeah. that your message is too mixed up I've seen this with some people that have a, a long list of things are you suffering with these problems and there's a list of about 10 things all sorts of stuff and then they go I can help with all that yeah. well for one thing it's not 
it's not focused, so people aren't likely to respond because, you know, if I've got a particular problem, I don't want to read through a list of 10 other things which don't apply to me before I reach the problem that actually interests me. I'm probably not going to do that. But also, I might be a bit sceptical that you can help with all those things. Yeah. So people tend to want specialists, somebody who says, this is what I do. So although some of the people that you work with might have a range, I think it's best to focus and pick a couple of things. And of course, you might have slightly different messages for different markets. So if you're going to different networking events, for instance, be clear who's at that event. Because you might have one message for one event because that attracts a certain sector. And then you might have a different message for another event. So it's possible to offer maybe you know, three different services, let's say, but keep each message separate. Don't say, oh, we do this, this, and this as well, in case that's of interest to any of you. It sounds a bit desperate, apart from anything does, else. Yeah. Yeah, or if there's anything else, just let me know, and we'll probably do that as well. Um, but say, this is, this is what we do, and that's focused. And then you might have another message for another element of your business, but keep them Slightly separate, I would suggest. And that makes a lot of sense, again, for the people who are watching this, predominantly the owners of IT businesses. Of course, there's going to be two types of events um, uh, that they typically go to. There's going to be events where there's prospective clients for yes. them there. Yeah. So they're going to talk about the things that, you know, the type of people they work with and what they can do. But then, of course, there's going to be um, uh, IT conferences and mm -hmm. events amongst their peers. Now, I guess if they sat there and pitched... The, the type of thing they do for their customers, mm. it's going to be a, a lot the same as everyone else in the room. So it might be a good opportunity for them to cater a speci um, uh, 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 the speciality mm. they have in IT that's almost a pitch to other IT business owners in the room. Well, yes. I mean, the other thing is, as, as I say, you're, you're either speaking directly to potential customers or clients or you're speaking to people who might refer business to you. Yeah. And those are two slightly different messages. But if you're, let's say, if you're in IT and you're talking to other IT people, you, you do need to be quite specialised then because what you might be saying is, well, you know, my IT business is quite a niche one and we do some things that perhaps you don't cover. And what you're wanting is that those people think about you. If somebody says to them, can you do this? They think, well, actually, that's not quite what we do, but we know somebody who does that. And then they're more likely to actually pick the phone up and ring you. But that does need to be a specialised message that says how you're different from all the other people who do IT support. Yes. Yeah. So you've got, it's like any, any communication, you've got to pitch your message to the audience that you're talking to. And that, that might be slightly different. So you might have a range of different versions of your elevator pitch, let's say, depending on who you're speaking to. And that's entirely appropriate because... As I say, you're trying to get into the mind of the person that you're speaking to and think about your audience. So you might have a number of different ones. And there's a huge knock-on effect, isn't there, with referrals? Because you're actually making it easier for other people yes. to think about you, to introduce you, to refer you mm. to others. Mm. Um, so, for instance, I know whenever uh, you know I've worked with my clients on their elevator pitches and their specialities, um, whenever I introduce them to one another, it's easy for me. So I say, mm. "Hi, um, this is James. He's a specialist in Google Apps. Yes. Uh, this is Alexis, who works with education. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing, and it sticks in people's heads. Yes. So the next time." that specific thing crops mm. up, they're going to think about you, aren't they? Well, if you want people to refer you, they need to be really clear what you do, who you work with, and the situations that you deal with. And you know, if you've been going to a networking event for a while, you want to get to a point where if somebody says, you know, uh, who do, you know, what does he do? You know, Richard over there, what does, what does he do? You want people to say, oh, he does this, 
something quite specific. He works with these people because then that person thinks, oh, well, that, that might apply to me or I know somebody who does that. But I've spoken to people <laughs> who've, who've been to networking, the same networking event for quite a long time and they've said that they, they actually know that if somebody asked somebody else at that meeting, what does he do, they'd go, yeah, I'm not, it's some, something in IT. Yeah. And he, well, you're not going to get referrals from, oh, good, I was looking for someone in IT. Uh, you're not going to get referrals like that. If you want referrals, you need to say to people, do you know somebody who's having this problem? Because then if they're talking to a friend of theirs and their friend says, oh, I've got such a problem at the moment, I'm constantly having to apologise to people on the phone because our system's so old, it keeps crashing. Then they go, oh, our networking event can help you with that because that's exactly what he does. So differentiating yourself, very, very important. Mm. So uh, when it comes to the elevator pitch, how do you feel about should people practice it? Should it be something that feels polished or should it be something that... Uh... <laughs> well, uh, yes and no. It, it, should, it should sound quite natural, but <laughs> you do have to practice it sometimes. Sometimes you just have to say it out loud to get a form of words that you're comfortable with. Whereas it's like anything else. The more you practice it, the more it should sound natural <laughs> as if you haven't practiced it. So it shouldn't be, as you say, a salesy thing where somebody says, what do you do? And you go, aha, here's my elevator pitch, which I've practiced. It's all glossy and shiny, so that's the thing. It should sound fairly straightforward and in layman's terms. So write a few things out, try some out, practice them. Practice them on people that you know and say, how does this sound? And they might say, sounds a bit slick. In which case, I'm thinking, oh, right, maybe just change the wording a little bit. But I, I do want people to get away from this idea, in a sense, though, that there's some sort of perfect wording. Yeah. Because it's not about that. It's about building relationships with people, isn't it, really? And don't, don't try and go for the perfect wording and think, well, if I just get that right, the money will start flooding in. Because that's not what networking's about. It's just about getting to know people. I know it's a cliche, but it's getting people to know, like, and trust you, isn't it? And just talk about what you do, but talk from the point of view of your clients and the people that you work with. And don't worry if it's not absolutely polished and maybe you don't say exactly the words that you want to. In the end, that's not going to matter as much as focusing on the people that you want to work with. As I say, this is why I want to get away from the whole elevator pitch idea in a sense that it's not about if I come up with the perfect wording, suddenly everything will be different. And it almost puts more pressure on you, yes. I found. As somebody who stumbles over my words quite a lot, as, as viewers of the videos will know <laughs> and listeners to the podcast, somebody who stumbles over my words quite a lot, I found that if, if you try and polish it too much, it becomes unnatural and you're yes. focusing so much on You worry about getting it word for word exactly. perfect. It's the same when I... I I help people preparing presentations and things. And I was saying, try not to memorise a script because then you're focusing so much on memorising the script. Yeah. You forget to actually interact with the people in front of you. And the whole thing is just about engaging the people that you're speaking to. And people don't engage with somebody who seems to be going through a slick, pre-prepared sales patter. So just talk to them in normal language. And you know, if you stumble over a word or two, it's not going to make a great deal of difference. Don't think, oh, that's not how I practised it. You know, try and you know, say a few things out loud just to see what they sound like. But it's about engaging with real you know, human beings in the room, yeah. speaking to them, having a conversation. And they know what you're there for. Find a different way to say it, as I say, focus on them. 
and you know they'll put up with a few glitches I think so don't practice it to the point where it's really slick or it'll sound artificial yeah so if I may can I put you on the spot and ask you <laughs> if somebody walked up to you at networking events and said mm. Alan what is it that you do yeah where do you go with that it would depend what event it was uh, as I said at the beginning I work I work with uh, I suppose three lots of people I work with trainers I work with people who want to do presentations and public speaking I work with business owners so if I was working with a business owner my main message is that I help business owners to prepare and deliver a clear consistent and compelling marketing message that will have more impact and will bring in more business so essentially that would be a sort of summary of what I do if I was standing up and giving a 30 or 60 second talk about that at a networking event I would then start with some questions yeah so I would say things like you know when you come to networking events uh, do you think you've got a clear message that you get across to people do you find that people are really interested in what you've got to say do people come up afterwards and ask you more about your business and talk to you about what you do or are you starting to think is it actually worth turning up to these events because it never has any impact nobody ever comes up to me I never have a conversation I'd ask those sort of questions and talk about those situations because those are the people I will work with so there's a sort of uh, if you like a, a short answer if somebody says what do you do but then if it was a you know 60 second talk as I say I would build in questions and s stories I haven't mentioned I should mention you stories anecdotes case studies I would talk about those sorts of things. Are you having this problem? Well, a client of mine was having that problem and I was talking to him the other day and we did this and then at the end of it, it was all resolved. So find a little example or a case study that you can throw in that is, just shows people what, what you do again. So, as I say, I, I would have slightly different messages depending on who it was I was speaking to. The stories aspect is really powerful, actually. So uh, for anybody who sort of gets flustered, Mm. Um, or think, oh, I'm not really sure how to describe it. Stories is, is a great fallback. So, um, mm. for instance, I might say, oh, I work with the owners of IT businesses. Oh, doing what? Oh, for instance, and then um, I just so, have yes. to recall any yes. of the work that I've done in the last week and tell them a little bit about that. And it's yeah. a good example. Yes. So. And you don't have to practice that. You did it, so you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. So, and again, if somebody just says to you, what do you do? Rather than just give them the pat response that, oh, I'm in IT support, you say, well, for instance, I was working with someone the other day. It's a good example of what I do. And they called me because they'd got this problem. And that's much more interesting. And it's much more of a conversation as well. Yes. Because the person's going to listen and think, all oh, right, tell me what happened. Because they want to find out what happened. Yeah. So that they're engaged much more than if you say, here's my label. Or if you so, reel off that, that, that yes. polished sort of routine. So, yes, yeah, stories, just the examples, because that's, that's the real world that you work in on a day-to-day -day basis, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Another thing I love is a free consultancy. So <laughs> <laughs> while we're here, if I uh, share with you my mm -hmm. uh, elevator pitch, yes. would, you do, would you critique it for the people uh, watching? <laughs> yeah, why not put me on the spot in front of a camera, Richard? Just so, the um, end of uh, a beautiful friendship. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> typically, if, um, if I'm asked, I will say I work with the owners of IT businesses mm -hmm. and they'll go, well, what does that look like? And I'll go on to, to share something like, well, often where they're frustrated that they're spending too mm. much time uh, within their business, not getting enough rewards. So I help them to free up their time, concentrate on what's important and make more mm. money. Would you critique that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the, what I like about it is that you're, you're talking about a situation. So you're saying you know, they're, they're, they're frustrated or they're overwhelmed by all the things they've got to deal with. 
And I think that's, that's quite a powerful thing to say. Mm. Um, and also, I mean, you say I work with owners of IT businesses. It, again, I think I would, it, so it depends who you're speaking to. Um, the, the, the only danger of that is if I'm, if I'm not in IT, I think, oh, that's all right. I'm not in an IT business, doesn't <laughs> matter. Off, yeah. <laughs> so, so thing. Um, but you, you might say, for instance, just to turn that around slightly, although, because there is a case to say I work with owners of IT businesses because you, know, you may be asking for referrals. Yeah. And so if I know the owner of an IT business, you, that's still relevant. But you might just start saying, oh, I work with, I work with small business owners who are struggling to cope with you know, the, the, you know, the overwhelming list of tasks they've got to do and, and sort of things that you say. Uh, and then you might say predominantly in the IT sector and put that at the end. Mm. I know it's predominantly, actually, it's always in the IT sector. Yeah. But the, the, the reason for swapping it around is just that that person might think, oh, actually, yeah, that, that sounds interesting. You work with those people. And then at the end, once they're already listening, you'd say, and predominantly in the IT sector because that's the area I've got most experience in. But by that time, they've already absorbed the other information. Yes. Rather than think, oh, IT, not listening anymore. Yeah. That makes sense. It does so you'll sort of slip yeah. it in at the end. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, if any of you watching uh, want <laughs> a, a free critique of, uh, of your elevator pitch, all you have to do is interview Alan. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so actually, um, joking aside, I've referred you to a lot of my uh, customers, the owners of IT businesses, mm -hmm. uh, to work on these uh, uh, these messages. Now, I know you've got a uh, an offer, something to, uh, yes, to share yeah. with the listeners of the podcast and what people watching this video. Share yes, there's a, a booklet I've prepared, which is about how to get more clients by talking about your business, by doing a 30 or 60 second pitch. Um, and it's, it's on a special page on my website. So if you go to alanmatthewstraining.com, I have to spell that, A-L-A-N Matthews, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. People find ways of spelling that wrong. alanmatthewstraining.com slash 60 seconds. That's six O seconds. So alanmatthewstraining.com slash six O seconds. There's a special page um, which has just got a booklet on explaining all the things we've talked about today, how to craft a really compelling short marketing message for the people that you work with. And you just have to, again, leave your name and email address and you can download that straight away. Uh, I won't bombard you with spam or anything, <laughs> but uh, if I uh, a couple of other things I do, I do work one-to-one -one with people, coaching them and helping them develop these messages, and I do occasionally run workshops as well on this topic, uh, public workshops that people can come along to. So if you do leave your name there, uh, if, if I am running any of those workshops, I'll make sure that I'll let you know. But you can certainly get that report by going to that webpage. And you can follow me on Twitter if you want, that's um, alanmatthews11. And um, I'm also on, obviously, Facebook and LinkedIn. If anybody wants to connect with me through that, it'd be great. Fantastic. And, and of course, we've done some work for, for a number of years together, have, which yes. I'm hugely grateful for. Um, uh, sing your praises to anybody who will listen, <laughs> Thank basically. you very much. I should say, we, we actually first met through your uh, newsletter, which yes. I was subscribed to for a number of years. So um, uh, when you touched upon, oh, I'm certainly not going to spam anybody, you know, what I always say about um, the type of content that you share, it's really high value. 
uh, and yours Good. is one of the um, uh, the few newsletters that I've consistently subscribed to mm. over the past few years. So well, oh, thank you for everything you've, uh, <laughs> all welcome. the value that you've yeah. given over the years. Appreciate it. So really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Alan. Richard. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, I hope it's a value to um, uh, for either mm -hmm. you listening or watching at home. And if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to myself uh, at Tublog T U W B L O G or Alan Matthews at Alan Matthews Eleven. Alan, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Richard. So I hope you found that interview as interesting to listen to as I found it personally interesting to talk to Alan about elevator pitches, 30-second commercials. Those of you who are listening intently will, of course, realise that uh, what Alan was talking about, how to concisely and effectively communicate who you are, what it is you do, um, who you work with to other people, really goes to the heart of any of your marketing. Um, and interestingly, that would apply to your About You page on your website, to your the way you describe yourself on social media. So, so much value from that conversation with Alan. I hope you uh, take a lot away from it and it helps you to craft a really good elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it for your own business. So before we go, a very quick shout out to say thank you for all the people who have left five star reviews for the podcast on iTunes. Really do appreciate it. And if you're getting value out of this podcast, uh, please do go ahead and leave a five star review on iTunes because it helps us get much more visibility and helps other people to find the podcast as well. And if you've got any thoughts or feedback on the podcast, perhaps there's a topic you'd like to see us cover, perhaps there's a guest you would like to hear me interview, then please do reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Tublog, that's T-U-B-B-L-O-G. And of course, you can find my blog, uh, Tublog, the blog aimed at putting IT consultants back in control at www.tublog.co.uk. Thanks for listening and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.